How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Today, Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Ben, you ready for... I mean, we said it a couple weeks ago, man, but I think this is it. You ready for the best weekend of the whole season? I believe it's the most ranked matchups in one week. It surpassed uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm ready. I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. Yeah, I think it's the most ranked matchups we've had since 2019 in one week. So, I mean, this should be a hell of a card. As always, guys, we're going to give you all the breakdown in college football and NFL. Then we'll circle back and talk about some of the biggest games of the week after we give away our picks. Ben, before we do any of this, though, can you please recap for us our uh, bets from last week as it was a tough week for your boy? Yeah, uh, week six of college football. Um, this is just podcast podcast picks. Keep in mind, um, 0-3 from you. That brings your college football record to 10, 11, and two pushes. Man. I went two and one, which brings my college football record to 13 and 10. And then week five in the NFL, you went one and one. That makes your NFL total five and five and two and one for me. I'm nine and five um, overall in NFL. Then as a podcast, we're, we're still rocking and rolling. We're 37, 31 and two. Hey, These are all free picks. Yeah, these are free picks, guys, and we're above 500, so that's all I'm going to say. Um, let's put it this way, guys. I'm out for blood this week. For those of y'all who follow me on Twitter and see me tweet that from time to time, I am out for blood. I am also currently sweating the under in the Seattle and Houston game. It's been a hell of a game so far. Ben, let's get into it, though, man. You start us off. Take us wherever you want to go. Uh, let's start. In, obviously, we always start in college football. Um, there's a lot of big games this week. I'm not going to set out all the big games. Um I'm going to go Penn State plus seven. Okay. Reasoning is Harbaugh versus uh, top-ranked team. Uh, Penn State's ranked uh, – what are they ranked? Aren't they top ten? So, currently, Michigan is ranked fifth. Penn State is yeah, exactly 10. number ten. Yeah, so under Harbaugh, top ten matchups in Michigan have not gone his way. Uh, both teams top five against the rush. Neither have really faced a monster of an offense, let's be honest. So, that's kind of a wash, but two good mm-hmm. defenses, two talented defenses – um, there's a couple of differences in the team and, you know, me, I like to look at strength versus weakness. You can, you can always find a narrative for what you mm-hmm. want to bet on. I'm choosing to go with this one. Penn state's defense is only allowing 54%, um, of the time for opposing teams to score once they reach the red zone. So teams can get to the red zone on Penn state, but they're only scoring 54% of the time. That's second best in the country. Michigan's allowing 73% of the time once you get into the red zone on them scoring for that simple reason, you got to get to the red zone to score. I'm going to take plus seven plus James Franklin is 11 and four as an underdog and has less 15 tries as an underdog. So listen, I think both teams can run the football. Penn state does it with two different guys, pretty much Blake Corum for, um, for Michigan. Everyone knows I'm not a huge Sean Clifford fan, but I think he can get it done. And I believe they won two years ago, the last time they were in Michigan, I think they beat Michigan. That sounds about, actually, you might be right. That would have, that would have been the COVID year. I know the year before the COVID year though, they played at Penn state and it was a wide out and Penn state won. Mm-hmm. actually Penn state was minus seven and a half in that game. And my game of the year was Penn state <laughs> minus seven and a half. And they won by seven talk about throwing up a few times, but um, look, I'm being honest with you, Ben. I actually like the under in this game. I haven't played it yeah. yet. It's a bet that I'm actually still considering as I haven't finalized my college football card yet. This has been a tough week for me, guys, to really figure out what I love. But um, 
Yeah, this Michigan, both teams don't turn the ball over a lot. I expect both veteran quarterbacks to take care of the ball in this game. I actually lean Michigan minus seven, but nothing that I'm playing here. So take that for what it's worth. But I just think Michigan at, at home in the big house will get it done. But I mean, seven's a big number, guys. So that's why I'm not playing anything on the number. I am looking at the under, though, in this game. Um, the game I'm actually going to go to, I'm going to stay in the 12 o'clock window. I'm going to go with number nine, Ole Miss, hosting the three and three Auburn Tigers. Look, guys, y'all know I love to refer to PFF ranking. PFF currently is Ole Miss ranked the 18th best team in all of college football. Auburn is ranked 111th. I have no problem laying 15 here in this game. Look, I think this number should be closer to what it was in the Georgia game. Um, Ole Miss actually has the best, has a top five third down defense in all of college football, and they're also a top 10 third down offense in all of college football. George had a lot of success running the ball on Auburn and moving the ball throughout the entire game. I expect Ole Miss to do the exact same thing in coast here. I think the Rebels win this game by a final score of 38 to 10. I mean, I would honestly even be shocked to see Auburn get to that 10. This Ole Miss defense is damn good, guys. Just because they've lost their defensive coordinator doesn't mean anything here. DJ Durkin is now gone. This Ole Miss defense are arguably been better without him. I think Ole Miss stays undefeated, and I think they roll over out Auburn here in this game. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, 330 window, Maryland, Indiana, over 61 and a half. Okay. Uh, Maryland's top 20 in passing yards and in pass per, uh, pass per attempts. The Hoosiers are bottom 10 in passing yards allowed and bottom 30 in opponent yards allowed per pass. Huge strength versus weakness there. Talia Tungavaloa can sling the football for Maryland. Um, Indiana though is top 30 in passing yards, but they're bottom 30 in yards per attempt. So they don't throw it very often, but when they do, they're somehow extremely successful. That just screams the over to me. Two teams that could throw the ball a lot. One of them can't stop the pass. Uh, actually both, they both can't stop the pass because Maryland, uh, also ranks bottom 30 in passing yards allowed. And they give up an average of 23 points per game. If they're giving up 23 to Indiana, Maryland, God knows how many they're going to score. It's an infinity amount on this Indiana defense that Maryland could score. Give me over 61 and a half. Yeah, Ben, I didn't play anything on this game, but I think that's a good good idea by you as well. I mean, we all know how explosive the Maryland offense is. Indiana actually ranks in the top 10 in college football in all of their pace they play at. So I expect there to be a lot of plays in this game, equaling a lot of scores. Wouldn't be shocked to see some turnovers too to help you get over that total. I condone this bet personally, not something I'm playing. I'm actually, guys, look – when we get to the end and we talk about it, guys, I'll tell you all some plays that I'm probably making. I just haven't gotten there yet, but I'm actually going to go to the late night window here. I'm going to go to 8 PM on Fox primetime game. We got number 20, the Utah Utes hosting number seven, USC. USC is currently undefeated right now. Look guys, y'all know I love me some Utah Utes. That's my five unit win total over. Y'all know how high I've been on them. I mean, look, they had some bad turnovers last week against UCLA. I think we also undervalued how good of a team UCLA actually is. The flip side of things, guys, USC might be the most overrated team in the country. Look, they, I think they have a good program and all, but this team is first in turnover margin in all of college football. They've gotten 15 turnovers. They've only turned the ball over one time. That's unsustainable. USC's had a lot of close calls playing against bad teams so far this season. I mean, Utah is the ranked 20th, and they're the favorite here by three and a half. Let's go even farther back, though, guys. It is very, 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 very tough to march into Utah's home and beat this team. Their last loss was in 2018 at home to a Washington team that finished in the top 10. That's the team that almost came back and beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. 
And then, I mean, technically they did lose to USC and during the COVID year, but that doesn't count in my opinion because there's no fans in the stands. So pretty much since 2018, this team has not lost at home. This is going to be a tough atmosphere to play in, guys. These fans are going to be absolutely electric. Remember when they boat raced Oregon last year when Oregon came on the road and played them? I expect the same kind of game here. I think there will be a fight put up here by USC, but I like the Utes to roll in this one 31-23. They also have the best corner in the nation. He will put Jordan Addison out of this game. What's it, minus three? Yeah, minus three and a half. Minus three and a half, got it. Uh, my last pick in college, at least um, for now for the podcast, um, why would I change something if it's not broken? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. James Madison, minus 11 and a half. They're playing Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern has 12 turnovers in six games. That plays right into the Duke's hands. James Madison uh, has a really good defense. Yep. Georgia Southern can't stop the run. I ride James Madison until they burn me. Ben, they're 5-0, and and they're 5-0 and against the spread. Let's make it six, Dukes. Ben, I might have to tell you on this one, to be honest with you. I looked at some next-gen stats today and a lot of stuff. And James, James Madison, Madison incredible. You look at next-gen stats. Ranked, you look at regu- yeah, you look at regular stats, everything. This James Madison team checks out amazing. Georgia Southern played awful last week against Georgia State. I mean, I think it's James Madison or pass here. I might have to tell you on that one, Ben. Um, I got nothing left, though, in college football, guys. When we come back and talk about the biggest games of the week, I will tell you all two strong leans I have that are probably going to be plays. I just need to finalize a couple more things. Um, Let's move things over here to NFL. Once again, Ben beat me last week across all fronts. Ben, go first. Unless you have another pick. Do you have another pick in college football, actually? Sorry. Nope, just those three. Okay, perfect. You're up, then. We'll start with a shared pick of ours. Um, It's from the observations uh, that we go over each and every week. The Seahawks, how many points have they scored in the first quarter? I do not know off the top of my head. It's zero. They haven't scored a first quarter point all season. Wait, you mean Arizona hasn't? I mean, I'm sorry, Arizona, the Cardinals. They scored zero points in the first quarter. How many games have they played? Five? Yeah, it's week six, right? so yeah. <laughs> so they've played five games and they haven't scored a point in the first quarter. Yeah, I'll take Seahawks first quarter when that line comes out. I'm also taking Seahawks first half. None other reason is the Cardinals can't do anything in first quarters through five games. Seahawks are not bad at all. In fact, the Seahawks offense is one of the most efficient offense in football right now. Geno Smith, I believe, is the highest completion percentage in football. Kenneth Walker gets the shine now. Um with the injury to Rashad Penny, he's actually run the ball fairly well for a rookie. This Seahawks team is a covering machine as long as Geno Smith is going to be there. He might be our new Teddy Bridgewater. He, yeah, he might be. Geno's been absolutely balling out. The other it's thing actually I like Marcus, a- Mar- Marcus Mariota is our new Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. He's 5-0 and against the spread this season. Um, guys, another reason also, too, why, why I condone this play and why I'll be taking it as well is – we're plus money here. So if we are tied at the end of either of these quarters, we automatically win the bet because we're going to be plus money here. So that is awesome. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be on those. I'm not counting it towards my five, though. I'm going to let Ben have those. I'm actually, guys, look, I was in my bag today, did a ton of research, and I think I found some of the best stats I've ever found when it comes to gambling. I'm going Colts money line minus 130. I don't hate the minus one and a half, but I'm just going to go ahead and take the money line here, guys. Look. Jerome Boger, he's been in a lot of controversy over this last week. He will be the official in this game. Home teams in divisional games with Jerome Boger officiating are 19 and three straight up. 
look, that's not the only stat here I have for Jerome Boger, guys. I was in my bag even more today, found some more stats. Jerome Boger, when he is the official, he is calling the least amount of holding penalties of any official in the league. For example, when Cincinnati played against the Jets, he called one holding penalty the entire game. Hence, Cincinnati busted the Jets in that game. He's going to do the same thing for this Colts offensive line that likes to hold a lot. Um, AFC teams hosting divisional opponents are 13-2 and against the spread when the line is less than four. That fits the Colts here as well. The home team in the Colts-Jaguars has won 18 out of the last 19 meetings between these teams. Um, This is also a double revenge max motivation spot to the Colts where they have 10 days to get ready off the bye. The only thing that doesn't go in our favor here is the Colts are 1-13-1 against the spread out of the last 15 times they played against the Jags, but... The average line in that game has been 5.2 again, AT has been 5.2. And that trend does not apply here. Also, in my opinion, because the Jags are actually a decent team. Think about it, guys. Those are the Peyton Manning teams. Those are the Andrew Luck teams. Those are the recent teams, even against these terrible Jag teams. I don't think any of that matters at the end of the day, guys, we're going money line and the right sides won 18 of the last 19 max play Colts money line for me. This is like the opposite NFL version of Scott Foster. It really is, honestly, though. Jerome Boger, I mean, hey, got to pay Scott attention Foster, to the NFL. It literally is. And you know what? Another thing, too, I like to say the officials don't matter that much. It even mattered last night in that uh, Dodgers game, Padres game. I'm sure you didn't watch much of it, Ben, since it was on at the same time with the Braves. I had it on both TVs. The umpires in the beginning innings was calling pitches that were clearly, like, the most blatantly obvious strikes. Like, they weren't even touching, like, the outside parts of the plates. Easily over the plate balls. The over ends of hitting, I swear, is because of that. But anyway, that's way off topic. Second pick is one that kind of trembles me. I don't like, if this doesn't hit this team's, this team's in the graveyard for me. Um, And I like this team. It's the Packers. Packers minus seven is my pick. They're playing the Jets, right? They're playing the Jets. Yeah. They're playing the Jets. Uh, Here's why I'm taking it. Green Bay is 10 and 0 straight up and 10 and 0 against the spread after a loss. Um, I believe it's 6-0 and after Matt LaFleur. Um, Green Bay has won and covered 12 straight games following a loss. It's the longest streak in Super Bowl era of teams winning and covering following a loss. 12 straight. Let's make it 13. Lucky number 13, Aaron Rodgers. And also, like, I feel like they gotta, they're coming back home, like, of a – I'm not going to say it's a bad loss in London because, let's be honest, the Giants are rolling. They're like 4-1. Uh, it's not a bad loss when you lose to a three and one team, but that's also a game that could have been in green Bay. So they lose that great home field advantage that they get. I think that played well for the giants playing in London and it's really hard to win in green Bay. And I'm looking to see if Aaron Rodgers plays a little pissed off after a loss that he probably considers bad. Ben, look, I'm going to count this towards my officials, even though I wasn't going to give it away on here, but it is an official that I've already placed. I got to go against you on this one, brother. Look, I knew knew the trend here. I don't think this Packers team is as good as they've been in the past. I don't think this team necessarily gets along with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you had this team saying, yeah, it's a loss. there's There's now a rumor he's retiring at the end of the season. Yeah, there's been all kinds of crazy, just like it's a rumor every year. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of crazy shit going on after this game. Like players saying it's a loss. Like we're not mad about it. We'll get right this week. Aaron Rodgers saying all losses are bad losses. Like I don't necessarily think this locker room, like the young guys, get but Aaron's along with right, Aaron Rodgers. No, he is. I'm with Aaron on that one. It just feels like there's a team divided. But look, 
I think this Packers team is by far the worst team that they've had since they have Aaron there. On top of that, teams that return from London with no bye week even happened last week. And I was somehow on the losing side of the Seahawks, even though that they were winning at the start of the fourth quarter. The every single team that has come back from London, it's been six teams and not had a bye. All of them have been losing at the start of the fourth quarter. And all of them, except for one, have allowed their opponent's team total to go over here. Give me the Jets and the points. I'm taking the seven and a half here with the Jets. I think the Jets are actually playing good football. I'm actually very worried about losing my win total under on them here. I think the Jets don't win this game, but I think this game's too tight. Seven and a half for a trend where teams are losing in the fourth quarter. If I can get seven and a half, and I think the Jets are going to be winning going the fourth quarter, I got to play it. That's a one unit for me. It was actually a max play until I saw that trend about the 10 and 0 Packers. That scared me off the max play, but I got to play them for one unit. You want to go with your next pick since that was the same game? Yeah, I'll go next pick here. I'm going to go with an ugly one here. The Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pittsburgh's an eight-and-a-half-point home dog. Ben, I've come to a realization in sports betting, you got to be willing to look stupid in order to win money, and I'm going to be willing to look stupid here. I'm going to take the Steelers as an eight-and-a-half-point home dog here. Look, Kenny Pickett, actually his numbers were pretty good on first downs last week. I mean, they just got boat raced by the Bills. I can't lie. I loved the Steelers last week against the Bills just didn't get to the window on it because it's the freaking Bills, and I didn't want anything to do with that one. Tomlin is an underdog, is 14-3-2 against the spread. Since being hired, Mike Tomlin's the second best underdog co- uh, or coach in the NFL as an underdog, and Mike Tomlin is 23-7 and against the spread when playing against a team with a better record. On top of that, I think this Bucks team's a little banged up. I just feel like this team's underperformed week after week after week after week one when they put it on Dallas. I just think eight and a half points is downright disrespectful here. I think Pittsburgh keeps it inside the number and loses this game by like three to four. All I know is I'm going to be absolutely sweating this game out and probably rage tweeting the entire one o'clock hour because of it. Yeah, best of luck. Um, (laughs) My last NFL pick, I'm going to take Bengals and Saints under 43. Um, some reasoning is, so this is a really funky stat on the Bengals defense. Okay. Mm -hmm. So through five games in the second half of all five games, they've only allowed 21 points. Okay. They have let up zero touchdowns out of those 21 points in the second half. I don't know what they're doing that they can't do in the first half, but the Bengals defense has allowed zero touchdowns through five games in the second half. It's an unbelievable stat that I can't pass up. Um, Not to mention that the Saints offense is by no means explosive. They really don't have a quarterback. Andy Dalton was listed as their quarterback last week, and Taysom Hill played quarterback, and he threw zero passes. I think he was just running all over them. The Bengals defense is much better than the Saints play last week. The Saints played the Seahawks, the worst defense in the league. Yeah. Um, this is also a weird stat. Will Lutz, who I, mm-hmm. if you would have asked me a blindfolded question, is Will Lutz a good kicker? I would have said that I thought he's been pretty good. Will Lutz has attempted nine field goals this year. Mm-hmm. He's made five of them. I feel like he just hits not bombs, great though. Yeah, not great. Uh, yeah, not great at all. So we got one kicker who's struggling. We have one defense who hasn't allowed a touchdown mm-hmm. in the second half. And we have an offense that's not explosive. And then the Bengals offense, like, it should be amazing, and it's not. We have Marshawn Lattimore on Jamar Chase. That's a favorable matchup. 
for an under. Marshall Lattimore, you may not admit it, but he is a very good corner. Um, Tyron Matthew lurks the secondary for the Saints. I, I like under 43 in this matchup. I can't believe the Bengals ha- have given up 21 second half points and it's seven field goals. Yeah, I actually condone this play. Um, Bengals or the Saints have cluster injuries at wide receiver. I don't know if you mentioned that or not, but Lou Anarumo is the off is the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, and I don't know what it is, man, but this guy is just a beast. I feel like he looks at your def- at your offense and he can just carve you up in the second half. I think he's one of just like those guys who is just an um, unreal defensive coordinator. I think he's one of the best in the league, if not the best defensive coordinator in the league. I think this is a great pick here by Ben. Um, last who was play- um. Who were the uh, wide receivers that were limited in practice? Um, so Chris Olave did participate, but he still hasn't passed concussion protocol, so he could be out. But Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry both did not practice. I don't. Does Michael Thomas is he on like the Julio Jones where like he he doesn't practice but he plays kind of? Well, he his didn't. Career? Pl- he didn't play last week, so I don't even know at this point what yeah, he's, he's doing. That's been so weird. Like so, that injury, the Saints were saying he should be good to go, and he was like, "I'm not." Then remember, he like. I don't think he filed a lawsuit, but he was like threatening to sue the yep. Saints over malpractice surgery on his ankle. Like, I feel like that marriage is very, very uh, not loving. Like, I, I feel like he they don't necessarily get along. I feel like Sean Payton got pissed that Thomas wasn't playing. He said he wasn't healthy. Like, that's very. Uh, I, I can't think of the word, but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like they can move on from each other knowing he's a really good player. Yeah, no. I mean, it was is weird, honestly. I don't even know what happened there. I we kind of got like Zion the Pelicans. Like <laughs> him, Zion's stepfather was saying he's good to go. They're posting yeah. someone from Zion's camps posting these windmill dunks. His knee looks fine. The Pelicans are like, nope, you're not playing. And Zion's He kept quiet about it, but his stepfather was not quiet about it. Yeah, no, it's just, it's one of those situations, man. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Um, last game up here on the card for me in the NFL. Simple Sunday night football, guys. Look, I'm not one to give away um, primetime picks like that. I religiously fade the public. Um, it, it looks like they're going to be all over this side, but it doesn't even matter for me here. Give me the Eagles minus six. This couple public is all over the Cowboys, but look, Cowboys – are one of the six teams of all time to win and cover three straight games while scoring slash allowing under 20 points per game this season. Um, all those teams are 0-6 straight up in ATS in their next game. Since 2021, t- uh, the home team is 7-3 and against the spread against a divisional opponent in Sunday night football for whatever reason. Look, I think Dallas has beaten a lot of teams at faulty final scores here. I think it all comes to an end here when they play their first real opponent since the Bucs that absolutely destroyed them in week one. I just think that the – I just think this Eagles team is so much better team. Jalen Hurts looks like the game has finally slowed down and the game plays at his speed. He doesn't play at its speed anymore. I like the Eagles to blow Dallas out in this game. I think the Eagles win this game by two touchdowns. I leaned, I'll be honest, I leaned the other way on this. Fair enough. Um, but the old, my main reason it wasn't as strong as the stats you laid out, mine was because – We've seen a lot of primetime unders this year, uh-huh. and uh, the Eagles have some injuries. They have, the Eagles have a lot of injuries right now. I, I, I don't know who's playing and who's not. I haven't looked because I don't think I'm going to play the game. Yeah. Um, but the Eagles have some injuries right now, and in a game where primetime unders have been successful, I'm going to take what I, to believe, what I believe is the better defense right now. I believe mm-hmm. the Eagles uh, – or I'm sorry, the Cowboys have a better pass rush, even though Hurts can run. 
Uh, that was the only reason I was leading Cowboys, but it, it's not a play for me. Yeah, no, actually, Mika Parsons has had a hurt ankle and hasn't practiced this week, although he said he's playing for sure. I don't know how yeah. much to read into that. But all the offensive linemen and injured people for the Eagles that are important have actually practiced and are assumed to be a full go, hence the line move. And what about Slay? And what I think Slay had missed some time. Yeah, they're all expected to play, so okay, should be good that, to go on. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly why I, did. I don't have a play on it. Um, as of right now, I didn't look into it, so um, – yeah, is what it is. I'll stay off that game, or at least for now. Sounds good there. Um, ben, no more officials from you, right? None. No more officials from Ben. Um, I'll I can just... recap. You want me to recap the picks real quick? Um, yeah, if you want to go ahead, and then we'll talk about the biggest college football matchups. I will go quick. Let me know if I leave anything out on your side. Uh, my college football, Maryland, Indiana over 61.5. James Madison minus 11.5. Penn State plus 7. Uh, Thomas's college picks, Ole Miss minus 15, Utah minus three and a half. Is that it for you for college? Yep. And then my NFL Seahawks first quarter and first half, whatever that number, whenever it comes out, Packers minus seven, Bengals Saints under 43, and your NFL picks, Colts money line, Jets plus seven, Steelers plus eight and a half, Eagles minus six. That is it. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. You counted the jets for me. Perfect. Um, all right, Ben, before we get into the biggest matchups in college football, we didn't even talk about the biggest matchup in the NFL. Can't lie. I was going to throw in a teaser. I'm actually not touching this game period. The Kansas city chiefs are hosting the Buffalo bills. They're two and a half point home dogs. Ben, what do you think about this game? Isn't this the first time Mahomes has been a home underdog? It is. He's also seven. Oh, and one ATS is an underdog. This is his first time at home. I think – how do you look at this matchup and not take the over? I, it could be at 80, and I would say it's not enough points. Actually, weirdly enough, 85% of the bets are on the over. 59. Yeah, I mean, they should be. It's a square yeah. play. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Sometimes squares can win, though. Look, I don't want to try to be that sharp guy and come in on the other side here and win. Like, Although, yeah. I will say this, though. The reason why I don't like the over in this situation is think about it. Both these teams play pr are pretty similar offenses, so these defensive coordinators should be familiar. Also, the Bills basically built this entire defense so they could beat Kansas City. So yeah, it feels like that it's strength on strength, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I just don't – I would just rather watch this game as a fan and enjoy it than try to force a bet on it. But I lean the Bills, man. I feel like the, this is obviously a max revenge spot for the Bills. And also, too, I just feel like uh, not only do I feel like they care more about this game, it's maximum revenge spot for them. But I just feel like that the Bills match up well with the Chiefs and whatnot, as we just stated. So it to me, it's Bills or pass here, but I just am not touching this game altogether. Yeah, I'm not touching. I actually lean the Chiefs, but I'm not touching this. Yeah, public is 63% right now on Kansas City, so I feel like that bodes a little better for – but, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to play this game, man. Screw that. Um Ben, let's keep let's keep going here though. Let's go back over here to college a football. Prop kind of game. That game's oh, yeah. a prop kind of game. Yeah, I, honestly, I think Kansas City's if a you like teaser props. leg. I'm I really think Kansas guy, City but... to eight tease to eight and a half is an excellent teaser leg. I don't know why, but I'm just not touching anything in this game. So Ben, other ranked on ranked games that we did not touch on. Um, Alabama versus Tennessee. I'll go first since you're obviously a Bama fan. Look, guys, there's all these stats out here about how well Alabama does when they're not getting any bets. I just feel like every so long we've doubted Alabama, for example, Ole Miss last year. I mean, that game was never even competitive. You know what I mean? Just to no. name one. I mean, we doubted Alabama in the, in the, uh, in the um, SEC championship game. 
I mean, they, after the first quarter, took that game over. Look, the spread right now is at minus seven, guys. I just want to be 100% sure that Bryce Young is playing quarterback in this game. I will be taking Alabama minus seven, though, if Bryce Young plays here. I think the over has value as well, but I like this Alabama team to get theirs. Tennessee's defense is not good. I mean, think about it. Who is the best quarterback Tennessee played against? I guess one half of Keaton Slovis is the best quarterback they played against since he got hurt at halftime. Tennessee was was uh, losing that game until until Pittsburgh muffed a punt right before the half. I think Tennessee is a really good team. I think this will be a high-scoring affair, but ultimately, guys, I just think Alabama is too good. I like Alabama to win this game 45-32. to 32. Well, I'm nervous. Um, I think Bryson is going to play, but by no means do I think he's going to be 100%. Um, for whatever that means. Mm-hmm. I just want so Tennessee's secondary is like 138th in the country against the pass. Yep. They just had a defensive back get arrested. Supposedly he might play, which I don't know how that is even possible. Hey, and you can be arrested and play in the same week. I think he was charged, but maybe not. Um, I guess he wasn't, I guess is the answer. My point is Jalen Daniels in a game where Tennessee only put up 13 or I'm sorry, LSU only put up 13 uh-huh. points threw for 300 yards on Tennessee secondary and Anthony Richardson threw for 453 yards on Tennessee's defense, 453 yards for a quarterback that had one touchdown pass going into that game. They clearly, if you can't stop Anthony Richardson, I don't know how you stop Bryce Young, even if he's at 80%. Um, I think Jameer Gibbs is a big X factor to see if he can keep rolling to see if, because Tennessee's run defense is good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting matchup. I mean, it's, it's at Tennessee, which is why it makes me nervous. They can win this game. I will full on admit that that Tennessee can win this football game because it is in Knoxville. This has got to be the most ruckus environment at a Tennessee home game in a long time. Can it not like, so 2016 uh, to show my age, what not that I'm that old, but was my freshman year of college. I went to Knoxville and Tennessee was ranked number nine in the country. It was Josh Dobbs was their quarterback. That game was never close. I remember that. I remember I remember Tennessee fans in my section leaving minutes into the fourth quarter. And I and if you don't know the tradition, the winner of this rivalry, which it's been 15 years in a row for Alabama, smokes a cigar. I remember lighting up a cigar before the game was even over. Like this game wasn't close. And now Tennessee six, uh, Bama's three. So even bigger game now. Tennessee is better than that Josh Dobbs team. Josh Dobbs was a good quarterback. Hendon Hooker is a little bit better. The scheme's better. Don't forget Butch Jones was the coach of that team. Um, And Heupel is definitely better coaching an offense than Butch Jones. I'm nervous, but obviously I do think Alabama wins this game. Um, I think they're up for the challenge. I really do. They, they seem to be prepared. Uh, Will Anderson said, we are the standard. It's time to go prove that the standard is still Alabama. Well, you got to go prove that. I think the, you know I me, mean? I love strength versus weaknesses. Obviously, the, the biggest one you're going to hear all week or have heard all week is mm-hmm. Tennessee's pass defense versus um, Alabama. Alabama doesn't have that alpha receiver, but they do have good receivers. Like, they're all just good. None of them are great. So one of them or two of them are going to need to step up there. Um the strength for Alabama is the pass rush. They have three freaks, Chris Braswell, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, that all play at the same time in certain packages. Tennessee runs a lot of quick screens, which obviously negates a good pass rush. So 
Bama has to tackle in the open field. If Bama struggles tackling, Tennessee is going to run all over them in open space. Yeah, but also, though, Ben, you know, I think Alabama's proven. I think winning that game at Texas was huge for them. And also, too. And they blew out out Arkansas on the road, which I'm not saying Arkansas is great, but it's a good win on the road. For sure. And I also pointed out earlier to Ben, too, Alabama is minus five in their – on their – there is minus turnover five in turn, yeah, in turnover margin, so which is ranked 115th in college football. Fact, you're still undefeated at that. There was no other team with even had a winning record ranked in the bottom 100 of college football. So that's insane stat right and there. And Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker, it's weird. If you look up his stats, mm-hmm. he's like top. He's like towards number 50 in touchdown passes and yeah. yards per game. Like he, I don't know. Tennessee is an explosive offense, but it's not necessarily with him. I believe they're getting their star wide receiver, Cedric Tillman, back. Um, of course, they're getting him back for this game. Probably could have played last week. Didn't need yep. him. Whatever. Give us your best shot. Shut up and Rocky Top. Exactly, guys. Alabama will be an Great song. For- Great song. Oh, for sure. Alabama will be an official from me, guys, as long as Bryce Young's playing. Just want to be sure of that. Um, next game up, this game's also in the 330 window. It's number eight, Oklahoma State, hosting number 13, TCU. Minus four, TCU's favored over and under in this game, so it's uh, 68 and a half. Um, I lean TCU in this game. I also lean the over. Y'all know how much overrated we think Oklahoma State is. Oklahoma State's defense actually has given up. If you look at it, so much yardage to a lot of teams. This is another bet I'm considering taking. I think the TCU and Max Dugan are going to be able to throw the ball on them. Also, on the flip side of things, though, I think that uh, Oklahoma is going to going to have some success with uh i think that um oklahoma state's gonna have some success throwing the ball as well on tcu kind of like kansas did i think these teams are just going to trade blows back and forth i would lean tcu to win this game because they're at home but i like the over mostly in this game yeah no pick for me i would lean the over the most popular underdog pick i've heard is oklahoma state plus four do with that what you will yeah exactly um other ranked on ranked matchup here we got number 15 nc state on the road at Syracuse, ranked number 18. Um, the line Big on time the injury game. Yep, three and a half for Syracuse. Uh, for, over-under set at 42. I actually am probably going to end up playing Syracuse minus the three and a half or the under here. I just want to see the status on Devin Leary. Devin Leary doesn't go, guys. This quarterback had one pass last week, Jack Chambers, which was for minus five yards. He cannot throw the ball at all. He's a straight-up runner. Syracuse also has the best running back, arguably, in college football. This man, what is his name again, Ben? I'm drawing a blank. Sean Tucker. Yeah, Sean Tucker is going to get going early and often. The Carrier Dome is going to be absolutely electric in there. Dino is going to have the boys fired up. I think Syracuse rolls in this game regardless of who plays quarterback, but I'm not going to give it out as an official until I get the best number possible. And Devin Leary. Uh, is O'Le- Devin O'Leary or Devin Leary? Devin Leary. He is not playing for NC State, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. I mean, he hurt his shoulder, so he's not really going to be able to throw the ball even if he does play. So that doesn't bode well for him. Um. Next game up on the slate. Actually, I guess there's no other ranked on ranked, but obviously the last game I want to talk about before we get out of here, guys, is my Florida State Seminoles hosting number four, the Clemson Tigers. Clemson minus three and a half point road favorites in this game. Over under in this game is at 51. Look, this game actually has the most amount of public bets besides Tennessee on them on Clemson in this game. And y'all know me as a Florida State guy. I would love to say they're wrong, but Ben, unfortunately, I don't think they're wrong here. Clemson actually had an inside linebacker playing safety as they're going to get their starting safety bag. Brian Breesey's also going to be back on the defensive line here for Clemson as well. Um, Clemson hasn't really been tested on the road, guys, but look, the Knowles are so beat up at this point. We have so many injuries across the board. 
I mean, all our, our best defensive linemen are hurt. Our safeties hurt Robinson. I mean, it just feels like everybody's getting hurt here at the wrong time. Also teams have had luck pressuring Florida state while dropping eight into coverage. I think that's a big deal as well. This Clemson defensive line is one of the best in college football. So if these other teams can get pressure while dropping eight into coverage, Clemson's going to be able to do the exact same thing here. Norvell's done a great job turning our program around Ben, but I don't think we have the bodies once we have injuries to make up for what we're lacking and missing out here. I think we're going to keep this game tight, but ultimately I think Clemson wins this game by set by seven or eight points. The lines fell three and a half with all those injuries. So that's certainly interesting. Um, yeah. I don't really know what to expect for saying to stay away game for me. One, there is one ranked ranked matchup, and then there's one really quick. I want to get your uh, opinion on okay. the ranked ranked matchups, Mississippi state who's 16 at Kentucky. Number 22. Uh-huh. Will Levis is playing Mississippi state's a four point favorite on the road. I hate the fact Mississippi State's a four-point favorite on the road. If they weren't favored in this game, I would actually be all over Mississippi State in this spot. But um, I think it's an an overplay if you want to join this game. Yeah, I think over is a good look, Ben. Ultimately, though, I'm still going to say Mississippi State wins this game. I don't know if they end up covering it, but I think Mississippi State gets the job done. The only thing that scares me, too, is Mississippi State does have Alabama on deck. Are they looking ahead at all? Question. Kansas is number 19. I know they lost their quarterback. They're yeah. nine-point dogs at Oklahoma. I know that Dylan Gabriel is supposed to play this game. Like, that's mattered for Oklahoma this year. Um, that's probably the biggest trap line you can find. Maybe one of them this week. Uh, I don't know if Vegas wants you to bait plus nine, but Oklahoma is not a touchdown favorite or, or more than a touchdown favorite over anybody right now i love kansas everyone knows i love kansas but it's when Jalen danis was playing he's unfortunately out for the year uh so i'm not gonna back kansas here but i, I don't think it's that bad of a play unless that's just very square look ben i don't through for four touchdowns yeah they i was gonna like say a i don't quarter think and a half yeah i don't think that he was their starter last year yeah between daniels and bean i don't really see that much of a difference here i think lance leopold is calling a great offense in these schemes they have in i mean Oklahoma could not stop Texas to save their life. They couldn't stop Kansas State to save their life. They couldn't stop Kansas whoever. is averaging 39 points per game. I think the over is the best look here in this game, but I mean, I love Kansas plus nine and a half here. I probably just won't bet it for the reasons you stated because it seems like a pros versus Joe's type game. I'm going to stay away, but ultimately I just don't see how Oklahoma is going to match up here with them, man. I like Kansas to win. I think Kansas wins this game outright. I think Oklahoma sucks. I, I don't, I don't blame you. That's why I brought it up. I'm not. I don't have a play in the game, but go Jayhawks. Hey, I like. I like that take there from Ben. My potential last looks I'm looking at is the over in that Oklahoma State game. I'm looking at Syracuse and the under, and I'm also looking at Alabama. Those are my last looks. I will finalize some of those and throw them on my card. Last one, real quick before we hop off here. I did take Arkansas and BYU over. Both teams block great and actually move the ball well on offense. Both teams are terrible at tackling on, KJ on playing? defense. KJ is in in this game it's now. It, so yeah, yeah. Um, Ben. Let's get this money this weekend, man. We got to bounce back. Let's or at do least it. I got to. Yeah, let's do it, guys. <laughs> once, once again, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Go Braves. We'll talk to you all again soon. Go Braves. Let's get this money.